bats. I choose you as champion. Say my name so my powers will become yours. Wait, for real? Say okay! Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Film Seizure at the Movies. I am Jeff Harbuckle, and uh, to get some of the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the administrative stuff, if you will, out of the way first, you can catch new episodes of Film Seizure, the actual podcast, uh, with myself and Jason Oliver each Wednesday morning at filmseizure.com. You can also listen to it on iTunes, uh, Google Play, Spotify. Uh, we also upload them to YouTube in the afternoons. And um, you can also catch some of the episodes on TuneIn as well. On Mondays, you can catch uh, Monster Mondays with myself. Um, that's each and every Monday afternoon, a uh, different monster movie that I talk about. And I uh, point out at least three things that I like about it, uh, about that movie that I'm talking about and, uh, all the same places you can catch it there. Of course, there's film You can always find us on Facebook and Twitter, uh, at film seizure. So feel free to, um, Follow us there, interact with us. Uh, we are certainly uh, much more active on Facebook, so you can always uh, interact with us directly there. So with that said, uh, let's talk about what movie I saw tonight, and that is DC's Shazam. And I'm just going to cut right to the chase. I really freaking love this movie. Um, so to, to kind of now dial it back a little bit and talk about exactly why I love this movie. Um, the thing is about the character of Shazam, uh, really his name is Captain Marvel. Uh, I'm really kind of glad that they never really actually use that name uh, because I think, one, confusion with Marvel's Captain Marvel. Two, long, detailed story. I think I said a little bit about that in the Captain Marvel review a few weeks ago. Um, but I mean, really, honestly, I don't think DC's really all that interested in, uh, <laughs> pardon the pun here, steal any thunder from Marvel's female superhero movie. So, um, but uh, the Captain Marvel of DC Comics uh, originated from Fawcett Comics. Uh, he was always this kind of very um, whimsical type of character in these whimsical type of stories dealing with magic and one of his main villains is a little worm guy. He's a little caterpillar that wears glasses and he calls himself Mr. Mind. And he's like this genius villain, um, you know, and he's always had these uh, very broad type of characters and broad type of stories. Uh, he was one of the very first superheroes to have a regular ongoing uh, sidekick character with the various Marvels that, that uh, shared his power. So, you know, it's it's a it's a fascinating type of character and it really does play to the strengths of what the comic book industry used to be um, as far as very imaginative, very much for a younger crowd. And I think they do a pretty good job of carrying that forward into this movie. Um, the DC movies probably since 2000. So, well, <laughs> probably since uh, Steel in 1997, have been pretty exceptionally dour. Um, they, they've been darker. They've been heavier uh, dramas as opposed to being kind of 
light and fluffy comic book kind of feel to them. Um, you have to sometimes wonder what some of the motivations of the heroes are. Uh, one of my favorite things that I like to point out is with Man of Steel, how that movie ends with Superman destroying a United States Army satellite and basically daring the Army to spy on him uh, so that he can prove how good he is. If you ask me, that ain't proven how good you are. And that's that's a little that that bothers me more than him having to kill Zod. I'm actually kind of I'm forgiving in that sense because sometimes you just have to do that. Um, but so you know, there's that kind of sense that that Superman is a little bit too much of a uh, godlike being that is just going to do what he does, and if you don't like it, you can try to stop him. And that was kind of the attitude that that man of steel kind of put out there that and you know one of his greatest mentors is his adopted father jonathan kent basically telling him never to show what he can do that's ridiculous to me it's too dour it's too serious it asks too many questions uh that uh, the wrong way i guess i i have no problem having your superhero movies ask philosophical questions uh but when you do it in this sort of way, it's 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 bad, and it sets a bad tone for your your movie universe. Um, however, uh, this movie is, despite the fact that it takes place around Christmas time, where it's cold, it's not very bright and cheery or anything like that. Um, this movie actually does do a really good job of lightening the mood and kind of lifting the load off of the shoulders of this story. It's, it's truly a story about a kid finding his place in the world, finding a family that he can trust, that he can, that he can be with, and that he can love and be loved uh, from a bad situation, from uh, his, his biological family, and just really kind of coming into his own. And once he gets those powers of you know of of the wizard shazam uh him dealing with being a little kid in a body that is overly powerful and having no idea what to do with those powers it's truly truly enjoyable and it is a very funny movie uh while still having something that that matters having a a uh, a villain trying to do something that is going to be really bad if he succeeds but still keeping it light and keeping it enjoyable and a lot of the press of the from the earlier screenings of this movie because this movie's been uh, basically screened for the last couple of weeks by the public and uh, a lot of people were saying this is the most fun you'll have at the movies uh, this year or this is the most fun superhero movie in decades or whatever and it's kind of true. Um, this is, you always hear those types of reviews and you think to yourself, it's like, man, are those paid for reviews? Are they actually real? Are these easy to entertain people? I went in with an open mind and, uh, and I guess I could joke and say with an open heart because that actually kind of plays a big part in this movie. Um, and I truly, truly loved this movie. Uh, I was telling my buddy as we were coming out, it's like, I don't know if I've had this much fun watching 
a DC superhero movie since the 1989 Batman. And I mean, that's, that's high praise because there have been a couple really good Batman movies in there uh, in between those times. So I had a ton of fun watching this movie. Um, one thing I definitely, there are a couple of things that I do definitely want to talk about. Um, and the first is the cast. Uh, first of all, Zachary Levi as Shazam is just, it's a kind of a breath of fresh air, really. Uh, he is having the time of his life playing this essentially 15-year-old boy as this overpowered being. Uh, it's just, it's, it's. I, I think he probably approached this like this is his opportunity to make, uh, you know, what Tom, uh, Tom Hanks did with Big. I, I get the impression that that's how he kind of approached it. I wouldn't be surprised if most of his research and how to get into this character was watching the movie Big. And it definitely shows. This is absolutely big if uh tom hanks in that movie got superpowers also um mark strong is is uh, back uh, he was the villain in uh green lantern uh if people even remember that from uh what seven or eight years ago um he's he's fine as the villain he's he's again kind of painted with a broad stroke what's really cool though is that the powers that he has uh has it comes with these really gross monster things that that represents the seven uh deadly sins and those monster designs are really really cool and this almost qualifies for me to cover in a monster mondays episode and maybe someday i will uh because those those guys are are really cool creatures and they were really cool effects um the two the two real stars of this movie though are uh, Jack Dylan Grazer, who plays Freddie Freeman, who is uh, kind of best friends with Shazam. Um, he is just this really kind of whip smart kind of character who just he has these jokes that kind of just roll off his tongue as kind of a way to overcome awkward conversation or awkward situations. And it's just he's just brilliant in this. Uh, and then Asher Angel, who plays Billy Batson himself. Um, he has an actual arc in this movie, maybe more so than the Shazam side of him, where Shazam has to figure out how he uses his powers and how he can be worthy of those powers. Uh, Billy has a whole arc about finding his real family and uh, some of the consequences of some of the people that he thought was his real family versus the... Uh, embracing the people who become his family and he actually has a pretty good arc and he's a pretty solid uh teenage actor and uh he those two guys um they're they're, they're guys you, you that you're kind of drawn to while you're watching this as, as good as zachary levi is as good as some of the action is between him and mark strong um the the kids are where the real heart of this movie is and the various other uh foster kids that billy lives with all kind of have their own scene stealing moments as well. Uh, that's, that's just really enjoyable. Um, I don't really, I mean, the, the purpose of these types of um, film seizure at the movies sort of thing, I, I don't always want to, uh, you know, spoil anything and I certainly won't, but 
Um, there are various beats that happen in this movie. And even though you can kind of see where things are headed and you can kind of predict some of the things, some of the steps that are, that the movie's going to take to its conclusion, uh, it's still a very, very enjoyable movie. And, um, that's kind of the other thing that I want to, um, to, to talk about with this movie is that this, this movie has a sense of wonder to it that, um, maybe has been kind of missing from superhero movies. And yes, I'm a huge Marvel fan. I grew up a Marvel fan. I love the Marvel movies. I can't, I, it's going to be hard for me to imagine that my favorite movie this year is not going to be Avengers Endgame. But um, those movies have always, those movies have kind of followed the precedent set by the comics by being a little bit more real world uh, feel to it. Uh, whereas the DC movies, should follow its comics where you have these people who are basically gods trying to be people as opposed to um, uh, the Marvel characters being people who are given the powers of, of a god. So DC, I've always kind of looked at as being a little bit more of a mythological type of universe. And with so much focus that's always put on Batman, sometimes I think DC has kind of forgotten how they should handle the characters who are truly superpowered and, and maybe truly overly powered that they, they kind of miss some of that mythological wonderment to some of their movies. Well, this movie captures it. And I think that's why this registers with me so much that, you know, I was just thinking earlier today about when I saw the 1989 Batman and I was talking about this because recently we saw trailers for uh, the Joker movie that's coming out later this year. And how no matter how good anybody will ever play the Joker, it will never match the feelings I had watching Jack Nicholson play the Joker. And, you know, and regardless of how much I love that Joker and what he did with that character, uh, I was still looking forward to the Michael Keaton Batman winning the day at the end. The Batman character wasn't my favorite character in that movie, but he was still the hero that I had to root for. And sometimes when you bring them, when you bring your superheroes so far down on the, uh, you know, onto the street level and you try to present them with their own ideology on a street level sort of way, you run into situations like man of steel or Batman v Superman, where you have this overly powered character basically dictating to you what his stances are. And that doesn't really work in a movie like the, the DC movies have been over the last 10 years or so. You really kind of need Superman to be overly heroic. You kind of need, um, you kind of need Wonder Woman to be the embodiment of love, which I do think they did well with, with the wonder woman movie. It's a little unfortunate that they set it in such a dour and depressing time of world war one, but still they got her character and they got her, uh, all powerful love, right. With Aquaman, I think they needed to be a little bit more tongue in cheek. Um, I, that was a movie I, I hoped for it to be a little bit more fun than it was as it turned out, because it was overly long, it turned into a little bit of a chore. Shazam though, gets it right. 
And I can't tell you how important it is for a superhero movie to still have an element of fun in it. Even with how Infinity War ended last year with half, more than half of the heroes disappearing into dust and the Avengers losing, every moment leading up to that failure was still fun. And it still understood what the philosophy of their universe is. And they still understood the philosophy of their characters and they were still able to remain, um, not lighthearted and not light, but fun. And if you can't have fun watching a superhero movie, that seems like a failure. And, uh, Shazam just knocks it out of the park in every single scene. I was engrossed from minute one until minute, uh, what, 132 or however long the movie is. I think it's 132 minutes. It is a very fun movie. I laughed a lot throughout the movie, sometimes very hard. And it's just, it, it brings me back to what I always wanted as, a, as an adolescent and as a teenager from superhero movies. I didn't need them to be goofy like Batman and Robin was, but I needed them to be fun like 1989 Batman. And that is so important to these types of movies, and I'm so glad that, that Shazam gets it right. Um, I, I can't recommend this movie enough. I really, really hope that people go and see this movie and enjoy it and have a great time at it. Um, I hope that uh, families get to go and see it. One thing I will say, if you're curious about whether or not a young kid can handle this movie, I'd be careful with that. I'd be, I, some of the, the seven deadly sins that are like the villains in this movie, they're demons. They are scary creatures and there are some scary things that they do in the movie. Um, so I wouldn't be so sure about any kid, maybe under the age of 10 or 11 seeing this. Um, but uh, for, you know, the language or the, or the various action scenes, it reminds me a lot of those 80s movies like uh, The Goonies where, yeah, some of the kids have somewhat of a, of a, of a potty mouth, I guess. But uh, it, it recaptures some of those fun things that people my age grew up watching uh, that was considered and deemed family entertainment. So, um, you, you know, if you're, if you're concerned about your kids being kind of scared of monsters, maybe hold back on taking them. But otherwise, um, you know, if you've got, you know, 12 or 13 year old kids that, uh, that are starting to like, uh, you know, some of the Marvel movies or some of them, the older, like Superman and Batman movies, take them to see this. I think they'll have a lot of fun. And I think that this will kind of propel the, uh, the Shazam character into a spotlight that he hasn't seen in a long, long time and, and deservedly. So, uh, I really enjoy this, the step that they took to be light, funny, fun, a little bit more whimsical, a little bit more magical. Um, this is, this is a movie that is, uh, that is absolutely a success with me and I can't wait for it to come out on uh, Blu-ray and DVD, I will own this movie, and I will be glad to watch it anytime somebody wants to watch it with me. So, with that said, I think it's safe to say that uh, I very much enjoyed this movie. 
where will it rank at by the end of the year? I don't know. There's still a lot of uh, a lot of months left to go, a lot of movies left to see, uh, but um, it's going to be hard to uh, top the fun and the entertainment that I got from this movie. It was just it was just a great experience. Uh, so, uh, in the next day or two, you will hear another episode of Film Seizure at the Movies as Jason Oliver and I will be going to see Pet Cemetery. And we are uh, looking forward to having a discussion about that. And um, hopefully we like it. I don't know. I, having recently seen the 1989 Pet Cemetery for Monster Mondays earlier this week, um, and we'll see. We'll see. I don't want to compare it. I don't want to try to go in with a preconceived notion, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so like I said, you can catch new episodes of Film Seizure each and every Wednesday at filmseizure.com. Uh, the same with Monster Mondays uh, each Monday afternoon. Uh, you can also listen to those on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. You can catch them on YouTube. You can catch some of the episodes on TuneIn as well. Um, and also, uh, when we have movies to talk about, like uh, like these newer ones, you can see episodes uh, or you can hear episodes of Film Seizure at the Movies on all of those formats as well. But... Until we return in the next day or two with a uh, rev- uh, with a non-spoiler review of the new Pet Cemetery, I am Jeff Arbuckle. Thanks again, and you have been listening to Film Seizure at the Movies. Yo, did you see that? Yeah, you electrocuted a bus and almost killed these people. And then I caught it! <laughs>